Today, I have a coffee and chat with Natalie Andreu, who is currently playing Elphaba in the West End hit musical, Wicked, and her voice coach, Chris Johnson, who is fully integrated into the London performance scene. They have some serious insight for any aspiring performer out there who's chasing that dream role. You might really want to do a degree, but when you go for that audition, they're not going to be asking you any of that. You know, it's going to be based on talent alone. Welcome. Welcome to your apartment. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for, thanks for having me in this beautiful be little... Is it? Yes, it is. In well, your own home. It's good to be in my own home. Yes. How's it for you to be here? It's... Um, Slightly awkward. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And we're a bit close, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> but, that, you know, restrained by camera angles, I'm afraid. Yes, good. So, why are we here? I'm going to ask you some questions, if you don't mind. I'm going to ask you about your past, your future as Alphaba. I might even ask you a few questions, Chris, if that's all right. Cool. Well, I'd like to think there's a reason we're here. <laughs> <laughs> just because of... That'd be good, yeah. Just, if yeah. you don't end up doing it, I'll just kind of slide off. Yeah. You were... <laughs> like I was never here. You were in my house. I thought I'd just kind of sit in the, <laughs> sit in the shot. Um, but first up... Yes. What is it like to be on stage as Alphaba? A dream come true. And I'm not just saying that. That sounds like a cliche thing to say. However, it really is. And for the first time, actually, especially, it was quite surreal. And it went by in a blur. Um, and I'm actually stand by Alphaba. So the time I do get on there is very, very special. Special, yeah. So it's not like I get every single show of the week to get into a routine it's everyone, it's one every now and then, so when I do, it's, it really is something quite special. Is it a lot different than doing it as a, as a full-time? Um, I think it requires a lot of um, hard work, actually. From a standby, I mean, you think, oh, God, they're not doing anything, but you have to be ready. You have to be match-ready mm. to get on. The role itself is incredibly demanding in terms of vocal ability, stability, stamina, um, you know, to be able to keep on going and to not do it for, you know, my last, my, the longest run I haven't done it so far is five weeks. And then to suddenly be thrown on, you know, you can't... And you don't you, get a rehearsal, do you? To no, refresh. it's not like, oh, let's see how you're getting on. It's, you need to be ready. So you need to stay on top of it constantly. So in that sense, it's very, very hard, but it's also quite exciting. Mm. So yes, you're in the building, building? You're in the building just hanging out, reading a book or watching TV or whatever, but there's always that... Tap on the shoulder. Am I going to be on later? It's quite, quite... You go from peace to chaos in a second. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> After yeah. panic. Yeah. Um, so what did you... What was the build-up to all this? And what, was, was it a childhood dream? Um, I didn't really know this was a career I wanted to do till sort of like my late teens. Um, I wanted to be a fashion designer when I was younger. Uh, and it wasn't until I was about 16, my dance teacher at the time said, are you going to audition for colleges this year? And it hadn't even occurred to me. It was always something I'd, I'd danced since the age of three. I'd, I'd been to singing lessons and, and drama and as you do as a hobby. And when she said it, I kind of went, no. But then she was like, you should try. So I um, talked about it with my family and decided to get my A-levels out of the way. And then I auditioned for college when I was 18 and picked the right one for me. And which college was that? I went to London Studio Centre. How come you picked it? It was primarily a dance college at the time. I'm not quite sure where they are now. It was 10 years ago. Um, but um, 
because dancing was always something, it was always the main thing that I did throughout my life. So it was kind of the obvious choice that I would, I would dance. And actually while I was there, it was the singing that kind of came up behind. It became apparent to me that if you want to be in musical theatre, you have to have a bit of everything under you. Mm. You know, a lot of strings to your bow. And so what was the audition like? There's a lot of people oh, out there that come through the door of the studio and, and the first audition, no idea what it's going to be college. like. For college? Yeah, yeah. It was quite terrifying, actually. Yeah, well, normally the first one. That's yeah, the thing, right? yeah, very, very true. Everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's kind of the same age. It's really fun, actually. You get to work with a lot of choreographers and teachers that are there at the college and actually they get external people to come in and take them as well. Um, they want to see you across the board in all aspects of dance, so ballet, contemporary, jazz. So I hadn't, I'd never done taken a contemporary class before, so my first contemporary class was the audition to get into the college. Um, tap, they want to hear a song. They'll probably want to see a little bit of script, maybe a minute worth of dialogue, a monologue. Um, One thing that always crops up, especially in the gradings for vocal education in and around schools, before kids reach that stage is, is sight singing, for example. Right. And it's a, it's a kind of, it's a talking point at the moment. So for, what do you feel about sight singing? Is it something that's a priority? Is it needed for you at that stage? In, at stage, in college, no. The ability I have of sight singing is something I've learned over the years in the job. It is not compulsory to be able to sight read music. Mm. It helps. When you start getting jobs and you sit there, you know, the first day, um, you'll have a meet and greet or whatever, and you'll sit down, you'll read through the script maybe, and then you'll get cracking on the songs first and foremost. And the ability to lay the uh, music out in front of you and say, oh, okay, I can kind of see where this harmony's going now. And to remember it, you know, while they're teaching three, four other harmonies. These are skills you learn kind of as you go along, really. But you are not tested on your ability to sight read. Right. Yeah. So it kind of shows. So what would you say then? What, 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 is a, what would be a priority for youngsters who want to get into theatre uh, when they're thrown into that deep end, when they're sat in the, in the room backstage thinking, I could be on in a minute. What would be a valuable tool for them to have at that moment in time. Clearly being able to sing and dance and act is a good, good but I mean, <laughs> let's, 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 let's give them, pin it down. Is there anything that you feel that people would really want to work on? I am a fool and my whole 10 year career, I thought, do you know what? I'm working, I'm very lucky enough to be working. There were gaps, trust me, when I wasn't, but in the times I was thinking, yeah, I can sing. I can sing the material, I'm absolutely fine. And it's only now, I've got this health of material in front of me. I'm going, I need help. And only recently, through excellent vocal tutorage, that I've... This is embarrassing. That I've, you know, there is always something to learn. When you leave college, don't think you know it all. You'll learn the majority of things on the job, for sure. Especially about yourself, I think, is a massive point. But, you know, don't stop going to class. Don't stop learning. You, my voice is changing. My voice has changed so much in the past three months yeah. and is still changing. The point now I'm on stage in the show going, oh, that bit that was really easy is now actually quite difficult because I've been working so much on the other stuff and I can't do that as easy as I could before. So it's a constant process of just making Balancing sure... yourself out, isn't it? Yeah. And being a nice person really helps. Yeah? Yeah. Why'd you say that? Because... 
it's kind of obvious, but it's a very small industry, and people talk. And yeah, you're going to get people's backs up sometimes. Not everyone's going to like everybody, but if you go in there to do the job and do it well, and I mean, I think that speaks volumes, mm. really. So you said that you're about being ready. Is there, are there any other reasons why, across the, your journey, across the 10 years, why that's been most important to you? Has is, is it, is it been the situation of auditions where you've had to turn up or, or you've been thrown in last minute? Is that Yeah, definitely. The, I'd say I wouldn't be where I am without that situation. Um, the leaving college as a dancer um, you know they're not just going to give you the lead part you have to earn it and you have to show what you can do and prove yourself over the years so I wasn't quite sure when I first started what kind of way I was going to be going but initially it was all about you know being in the ensemble maybe dance captain having a second cover or maybe a first cover and every job you get you know, they look at the previous job and go, oh, she went, she was second cover last time. You know, let's, let's give her first cover. Let's, you know, she can obviously do it. And, you know, let's, let's, you know, push her out along the way. But in uh, Rock of Ages, which was the first part I played of Sherry, um, unfortunately, the girl who was cast in the role originally was quite poorly. Um, and six weeks into the job, so we'd done rehearsals and then previews, she... Um, went off well she said she couldn't do the show about five o'clock in the evening just before the show and I hadn't had any rehearsals um, as a swing I was cast as a swing at the time I was lucky enough well, very fortunate enough that I'm sitting on and a swing does yeah. what five roles yeah I was, I was covering five parts Sherry being one of them so I was able to sit there and watch the ensemble as they were learning and note down all the tracks but she, I was first cover Sherry so from watching and having it all kind of, I don't know, subconsciously went in. I was able to do the show without a rehearsal because I knew what I was doing. So in that sense, it's really important. And also and you that, might get- And that led to- Which now led to where I am today. Your first big role for two and a half years? Yeah, I was there for two and a half years right. in total. So, but also in terms, of a, in terms of an audition perspective, you, you might get a call from your agent saying, are you around at one today? Can you, can you get down to- I don't know, Leicester Square, because you've got an audition here, there, they need to, uh, a pop song and uh, a <laughs> legit musical theatre, uh, 16 bars of each, and can you prepare a monologue? That'd be awesome. Okay, go, great. And yeah. you've got four hours, <laughs> and you're thrown into that. Yeah. So it's why it's good to have your rep ready, it's good to have maybe a monologue ready. Um, I think to know what you'd sing for each show would be really, really advisable. If you knew you suddenly had a, a Les Mis audition coming up, what would you sing? you should have it ready to go. Mm. So you don't have that last minute panic. Yeah, I think that's a good, a good point because you were saying, Chris, weren't you, that in relation to other singers in this world um, that you come across, um, or performers, Natalie has got this weird ability in terms of remembering. Yeah. Right? You're completely oblivious to it, right? As in, you're just like, well, it's just a script. I just read it and remember it. Right? It's been but years of practicing and training and learning and. Yeah, but it blows my mind. Ah, it blows my mind. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I get some level of that with song lyrics. I'm good at remembering songs. I'm not quite sure, but it's not quite at the ability that you have of remembering scripts. And actually, from reading books about how how to practice, you do exactly what they say, which is. 
you read it through and you make sure I tell you if it's wrong the moment it's wrong mm -hmm. and then tell you what it's supposed to be because in, in Wicked for instance it has to be word for word there's no riffing at all is there you can't add lib musical it's theater got, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be on point so every word has got to be it and even if it's just a couple of things that where the sentence still makes sense it's just another way of saying it with the same words can't have it in that order got to put it right back tell you what it is back to the beginning go, go to yeah back to the beginning again 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 again, again, again. Or until it's right lines. And uh, that's how we practiced in the kitchen, wasn't it? That's how it helps you, helps you do your scripts and stuff. But how quickly it goes in and how quickly you're off book in rehearsals is a feat. That's a class in itself. Which is interesting that you say it's something that you don't even know that you're doing. And, and the other point about that I find interesting, and I do find interesting, is the fact that singing... Wicked being such a vocally demanding part, mm -hmm. singing wasn't your Not first discipline, up, no. right? And again, so what was it? Was it something that you were just able to able to do? And in fact, because you worked with her, Chris, what do you what do you think about that? About how she ended up yeah. as a singer. Oh, it, being able to handle the parts that she's that she's got now without it being the first the first uh, her first discipline with dance being the first thing that she's able to do. Is she worked hard at it? Is it just been, is it, is, it just say, is it just magical talent? I can't dance talent? anymore. I refuse to dance. My body won't let me anymore. <laughs> so I'm now a singer. That's basically what dancers say, isn't it? When oh, I, never like do. I can't 30, move. When they get to 30 something, you're not 30 yet. But when they do, you know, it's like knees, hips. <laughs> How are they? How are they? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah was it magical talent or is, 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 it, is it work? Is well, it, no, you know, like, like we, like, chatting about this the other night like you know physiologically is there just like a really nice setup for a certain sound yeah you know the mouth shape the vocal cord length big mouth big mouth good for a belt um perchance um uh but also you know i, I just think that can go, go so deep just thinking now like if if singing wasn't your first um passion then you might not have been influenced into some extreme style you know, into some really different way of singing that yeah. can be really off balance. So you kind of, your voice strikes me as being very much an extension of your speaking voice with really nice vibrato in tonally. You know, so you're starting from a place of balance, from a place of neutrality, do you know what I mean? Mm. And coming either side of that in terms of style and expression means that you can fulfil roles and um, sentiments and whatever. Yeah, easier than someone who is just like super bright, like we're saying, super twangy, super dark, too legit, you know, just really stylistic. Really stylistic. Mm. Your, your singing, I think, comes from a speech like place, which is why it's so malleable. I've got no style, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. Well, you, but you've got an expressive speaking Arguable. voice. Arguably, yes. Yes, you have. <laughs> And that comes across in your singing for sure. That's what. That's how I feel. It's been. Uh, it's been a successful journey. That it maybe it came late was actually a good thing. But it's, but things like it's constantly changing and constantly working stuff out. I don't think you're ever like like belting the end of gravity. I've you know I've been looking at kind of mixing it, making put making it really really safe and like the war cry at the end. I think I belted it for the first time on stage. 
and you're like, ah, I found it. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you work it out as you go along and it's never exactly how you want it. And, you know, when you're up there, you go, okay, I want to change that bit slightly. I want to try and that out. And obviously the nerves sort of dissipating over the weeks kind of make that more possible. Mm. So you're not thinking about not cracking. You're thinking about, I might just put a little riff in there. Yeah. But the framework in order for you to get where you are today, you've got these things in place the setup within your vocal tract. Big mouth. Whatever you're doing, however you got there, it wasn't the thing that you necessarily really studied back then. Um, I've never really, really worked on my voice. That sounds like really like, oh, I'm so lucky. I like, I, I, <laughs> I didn't, Basically. I've had singing lessons, but it's never been, it's always just something I've taken for granted. I've been really lucky with the, with the work, I think massively but it could have come from influences from when I was really young yeah I don't know but like what you're saying because that's, that's a, what you said about the fact that you started off with a place of balance however you've done it you started off and that's possibly governed where you are today because it's given you options because you're able to use your voice in so many different ways whereas what you said about the stylistic influences and maybe there's a maybe there's a, a shout for if somebody does early early doors get involved with a style that isn't particularly useful in terms of helping people sing in many ways. Yeah. I'm just going to get so passionate about this style. I'm going to make it my world. I'm going to focus on that so much. It might limit some other jobs, but mm. what it might do is create something that's really quite special in the same way. I you know agree. What I'm uh, yeah, I've um, quite recently um, had the opportunity to mentor one of Chris's students and um, she was saying how she felt that she didn't really know where she sat and like where she, what she wanted to do. And she brought in all these songs and we were singing them through. And you know, I can see what she's trying to do and, and she can do them. Like she, she was singing, belting all these big numbers and I'm saying, yeah, it's, it's there, you've got, you can do this. But speaking to her and hearing she was actually classically trained and actually looking, her voice is so, suited to 40s 50s really traditional rogers and hammerstein kind of style things that is what you're worth and i think if you do hone in on that on what you can do and what you're good at yes there's odd random jobs like invita thrown in there quite randomly but and then you did um something at the, the english national opera yeah but you? yeah but that's um you were a prostitute <laughs> And it's all part of the story, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It makes it acceptable. Rich it does, doesn't it? Yeah. tapestry. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is there's ways of, you know, if she really, really pushes that, then she will excel in that. Be yeah. a master of it. Yes. If that's what her thing is, then that's really what she should totally, push. Totally, yeah. I and, think. And, and, you know, there's, there's two camps of singer, isn't there, in terms of if you're a working singer and you, uh, you're, you're basically making your living your skill set needs to be quite broad. Yeah. And so having having a voice that is versatile and comes from a place of, you know, neutrality and balance, it means that, you know, backing vocals become much easier because you don't stick out. You know, you, the idea is to blend and being in control means you can blend. Mm. Session singing means you can kind of come either side. They want you country, they want you blues, they want you pop, they want you everything. Um, and then function singing, fulfilling styles all round. But then, you know, when you go into uniqueness, when you go into heavy style, you know, to focus down on something that is, 
a bit more extreme and quirky, then that's that's what defines a lot of success in selling records, right? And writing your own music. Yeah. So the, the, the paths are so different. And really, if you're going to have a very neutral voice out in the charts, you probably won't get very far. It's about edge when it comes to those kind of things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Accent. Right. You know, pronunciation, mm-hmm. all kinds of weird stuff. Because you, being a heavily sought after vocal coach in London, you you deal with both sides, don't you? You deal with the you deal with the uh, original music, yeah, and you deal with the musical theatre clients, and so you kind of see both sides of the coin. Yeah. What did you say about singing and having the balanced voice for musical theatre? As a whole, in order for say you've got you know a eleven uh, year old who is looking, I want to do something with singing in my life. What would you tell them to do? I think it's really important to be hanging around with people that are like-minded to you at that age and actually a little bit older. So I think like, you know, 11, 12 year olds, you see it in choirs all the time that the six, the 15 and 16 year old um, singers who are a bit further on in their journey, maybe they've had a few lessons as well, they maybe are really, really keen on a certain style and it's starting to come through in their singing and you see the younger kids in the choir just like, I so want to be doing that. Yeah, it's inspiring. I so want to be there and uh, I really love the fact that pockets of brilliant singers always come out of the same place. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're trying to do it on your own a lot of the time, you know, quite often you don't get that little zhuzh in your development from healthy competition crossed with inspiration. And then, you know, sharing of information, you know, you hang around with, with good singers that you enjoy who are willing to talk to you and then people who are willing to teach you. Then you'll get like technical knowledge, style and influence and inspiration all in one. And I really, yeah, I really feel we need to create environments for young people where they just get so inspired. And, uh, you know, there's a few camps that are in America and the UK where young people would go to and spend 10 days absorbed in this and just come back like, I'm so invigorated. So in a sense, inspiring motivation by the environment that you're in. Yeah, Yeah. by putting people, putting the right people together um, and uh, them all being a a family. You know, you can all move forward together, as everyone always says. You can always move forward further together than you can each on your own, you know. So if everyone's open and supportive and in the right groupings if you like and inspire each other then I think that's just golden what would you tell your 11 year old self about the industry now looking forward there you're in you weren't to be fair so it might be an odd question but if you were looking up going that's what I want to do is that how 11 year olds yeah that's a good one I think do everything jack of all trades get it all under your belt as much experience in all fields as you possibly can and I would say you know if someone was looking to go to college about picking the right college for them I think especially in musical theatre a really good way of working it out is um, go on all the websites for the shows in London today see where all the cast trained have a look it will say training Lane Theatre Arts training London Studio Centre train you know Mountview and have a look at them all research the colleges see what they offer, what you can do, I'd say you don't need a degree in this industry unless you want to teach. You don't need a degree. 
Um, so that would also be interesting. But you might mm. want a degree. You might want to have that under your belt. So you're saying in, instead of perhaps spending the time getting a degree, you would spend the time absorbing yourself in the... In the As opposed to, if you want to succeed in this business, you're not going to do it by in lectures with a pen and paper. You might really want to do a degree. You might, you know, the history of... Mm theatre and all that. It might be really, really interesting to you and I know you do a lot of anatomy, biology kind of things as well. Um, but when you go for that audition, they're not going to be asking you any of that. You know, it's going to be based on talent alone and what you have as a brand to offer to that particular role or job. So um, in that respect, you know, I think you're more wise to be, you know, in class than sitting in a lecture room, mm. for sure. And you feel the vocational thing is is probably a, a better way to go. Yeah, I think some I think some courses could definitely consider including experiences in it or in them more often that do relate to the industry. You know, the way the way experts become experts and masters at whatever become that way is because they practice in ways that is that is really close to the actual act itself so they get really good at it and that's why i think experience often trumps the argument of education sometimes you know mm -hmm. but if education and experience can actually come together a bit more in their approaches then obviously you know you there could be a case for say staying on for degree more so or even training in different things like graded singing um, is super common, isn't it? You know, as a singing teacher, people coming in, they're working mm. on their grades. And uh, they're learning skills in terms of music and repertoire, but I really feel the skills that are just kind of brushed past are the technical skills, how to use your voice, um, how it sounds stylistically. And, you know, the singers are often saying, Oh, you know, they said it doesn't matter if I flipped my head voice for that. It doesn't. It's just about getting the notes, getting the song down, you know, in a composed manner, and that's fair enough. But somebody would invest seven years or something like that, however long it might take each person, in attaining grade eight singing. Obviously, they would feel, given that much time and preparation, that being a grade eight singer, I'm clearly able to go and do jobs, but. We all know that you can hear a grade eight singer sing and it doesn't matter, they've got a grade eight. You hear it and go, it's just not nice, you know, or it's just not evoking any emotion in me at all. Mm -hmm. And when you go out there and get an audition for theatre, for a band, for a backing vocal job or session singing, you're going to want people to go, oh, that sounds great. Um, and grade eight singing doesn't necessarily bring in the technical and stylistic adjustments um, for singers to sound that way and be attractive in the industry. Yeah. I think grade, graded singing really falls short on that. Yeah, in, in the sense that it's possibly the measurement for the grades. As you said, there is benefit to it, but the measurements of the grades for certain goals are slightly skewed in some way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I and, like and it. The people like... delivering it obviously are delivering it as it's written, that's fair enough, but they're usually singers and all with that it's just theory based right and they're not usually versed in how does this muscle interact with this muscle and how does that achieve the all million different colors of tone that you can sing on that difficult to attain note which you require for the job the a job if which are common jobs yeah musical theater jobs writing your own music uh, the, op the options you need with your voice to do all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's common. People mm. are going to want to do that, aren't they? And, and like you say, they walk out after grade eight and unfortunately, uh, disappointment might hit to that point when 
as a student, as a student, yeah. yeah. You know? mm. um, but le- but learning the mechanics of the voice and how that really functions in singers um, takes a really long time, and you have to hear a lot of voices, don't you? Mm. So mm. I think that can be also quite an off-putting aspect to actually learning it as a teacher. As a teacher, mm. you know, because in great if you're teaching graded singing, maybe you could tick the boxes but there's no reason to say that in that same lesson you couldn't just slip a few technical pointers to make them actually sound good because you know long term that's actually really really valuable yeah. you know in an ideal world it seems like we'd actually want to re- revolutionize the whole thing but um, <laughs> for the meantime we just slip a few cheeky tips in yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah interesting yeah. great stuff okay so i think we are i'm, I'm very conscious of your time because you've got to go and perform today, have you? Or? No performance today. I'm oh. standing by today. Life of a standby. Probably going to watch Netflix. Chill. In the theatre. Chilling. In, in the yeah. theatre. Um, <laughs> but I've got a couple of questions. Yeah. That should, you know, go straight to your core. And I want the true, honest answers from you if I could. I would like both of you, I'm going to flip between two of you, <coughs> to give me a word. You're going to love this. You've got to be serious. Ah. I'm going to find out. <laughs> so, you can say whatever you like. Okay, thank you. If you're dead inside, yeah, you can. I'll just get Drew to come and answer it. Drew the cat, wherever he is. He's made a special appearance. Once or twice. So, when I say these next words, you've got to give me. The first thing that comes to your mind. It can be a word, a person, a thing, whatever. So what comes to mind when you hear the word irritating? Drew in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> in this just in this interview, because I tell you, I mean he's been <laughs> <laughs> It's because he gets bored. Yeah? He well he just climbs all over you and he gets bored, he lays around and he's like He's like a reptile charging Here himself. he is. Here Speaking he is. of the <laughs> devil. He's like a reptile that charges himself in the sunshine. You know, that's what yeah. they do, isn't it? They just, they just get energy, and then when he's had a sleep, Dude. normally when we're about to go to bed, he just goes off, off his nut, his pupils go wide, and he starts turning it's normally into when, crazy cat. when he's done a poo as well. Yeah. <laughs> he's sort of like, I'm free! Yeah, <laughs> like, he was so sluggish on his way to the toilet. <laughs> He's like, like yeah. Renewed energy. Um, all right, well, that's that one. That's good. Great answer, oh, in a love, way. I do love him. Um, all right, Chris. Successful. Oh, successful. Um, well, the success that I am aiming for um, is the sort of success that facilitates my ideal life. And my ideal life incorporates lots of time um, with this one as well. Uh, a dog. Straight, I know. Brownie points. Um, That's all it was. You know, like a dog walks. Okay, uh, now we went to a dog from you. Just at first, dog second, Drew stays home. <laughs> uh, What's happening here? <laughs> you're first. You, a dog, a loads of time. Me and a dog, two separate things. Two separate things, loads of time. Um, and, you know, a successful career that can facilitate that. Because I think, really, as I get older, I realise, like, I don't want to spend all my time at work, necessarily. All right, then, so that means that there's one, one last one. I think that could link quite nicely to you, Natalie. What do you think of when you hear the word love? Chris. Oh, that's got me right there. Mm. Is that it? Easy one. Job done. Sorted. Anything else? You just... Yep. 
What else do you love? The world. Everyone should love each other a bit more because then it'd be a really nicer place to be. No, I mean, that's a wonderful way to end this interview, isn't it? Is. Yeah. Isn't and it? world peace. <laughs> is this a Miss World contest? <laughs> well, thank you for that lovely ending, Natalie. Um, Thanks, guys. Stay tuned for more educational research videos coming right up. But if you want to join me on this journey, please subscribe to my YouTube channel or like my Facebook page and or find me on Twitter. All of these you can find by sticking Steve Giles UK into the search box. Next time I speak with Ingrid Schnell, an artist development coach in Hollywood. She lets us know how she helps her singers hit the big time. And I'll give them, you know, week to week assignments that really help them develop you know, whether it is in their songwriting, in their musicality skills, in their vocal skills, um, so that they can one day when they are in the recording studio, step up to the plate and deliver. <laughs> <laughs>